0: Hello out there and welcome back to the GameCockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GameCockScoop.com and the official podcast of us having the wrong take on baseball. Yeah, just a little bit, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we probably missed almost every point throughout the season where we were kind of like, I'm not sure if they're that good. And then we were like, oh, maybe they are good. And as soon as we said, maybe they are good things went in the tank. And then as soon as we had kind of given up on the season, they pull off a really impressive uh, regional sweep. Don't forget us saying they
1: wouldn't host either. That also happened.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've just been really wrong about this baseball team. To be fair, I imagine most people have. Um, It's been kind of an up and down season. But hey, you are one of the last 16 teams standing. We'll talk mostly about that today. Um, But before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. It's how we like to kick things off. Um, You had a pretty big recruiting weekend this past weekend. Um, We kind of ran down the list last week, but you had your three biggest names in four stars, uh, Parker Livingstone and Jalewis Solomon, both wide receivers, and then four-star running back Braylon Russell out of Arkansas. You also had three-star defensive tackle Dinas White you had three star uh, cornerback Jason Johnson and three star cornerback Kaj Sanders. If you want to know a little bit more about any of those guys, um, check out my weekly recruiting wrap up last week. This week, I'll be talking about the next group of players. Um, one that you should definitely have in mind if you haven't seen me write about him yet is running back Matthew Fuller. He is out of Georgia. Um, his coach is Jabo Shaw. That is Connor Shaw's brother. Um, A guy that they really have started to target uh, pretty heavily lately. Getting him on campus for official visit, having all those connections, he had to feel pretty good about where South Carolina stands at the moment there. Um, If we're going to stay on the running back room, Daniel Hill released his top eight, broke that down with rivals. You can find that on uh, our homepage as well. Um, And also, I think on our social media, we just posted it earlier today. But um, I would say those are your two biggest running back targets right now for the 2024 class. There's still some other names out there that make some sense. Anthony Carey. It's kind of hard to ever know what those Florida kids uh, are thinking. Um, I would say things are trending more towards Michigan State in that one as far as I can tell, but nothing official there yet. Uh, Peyton Lewis, we kind of talked about how uh tennessee had made a move there and he committed to tennessee a couple weeks ago so um some other guys to look at for this coming weekend the ninth you got justin green who's a four-star defensive end you got cameron michael who's a four-star athlete and then you have several other guys Oh, star uh, nasir johnson uh, at defensive tackle um, and then, yeah, like I said, Matthew Fuller, you have several other guys that you, I'll break down in the weekly recruiting wrap up tomorrow. And the most important thing that I know you've all been waiting for, from, from a recruiting standpoint, um, there's a punter on, on <laughs> campus last weekend. Um, that's uh, Bobby Ingstler, I believe there's another punter coming on campus this coming weekend, Mason love. Um, and unsurprisingly, uh, if you check out Coles Kicking, which is one of the big-time scouting sources for kickers and punters. Obviously, Rivals doesn't really usually give ratings to kickers and punters, but um, South Carolina and Pete Limbo are in it with several of the nation's top uh, in that category, which shouldn't be surprising. I mean, they have one of the best kickers. You are pretty sad with that position right
1: now, I was going to say. Both those positions, but yeah.
0: Right, and uh, if you're a high school Punter, or kicker, or specialist of some some uh, form, I would think Pete Limbo's got to be near the top of your list. So, got to have a good arm, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to re- replace that production. Um, what was he at one point? It was like six completions for. I think it was seven,
1: seven for seven for his career. I remember how, what many, many touchdowns?
0: Was how many touchdown
1: against um, Florida. I know we had the one in the bowl game. Yeah, um,
0: I, I want to say there was like three touchdowns out of seven passes or something. It wasn't I, a touchdown, but he had like a
1: long fourth down against Georgia.
0: Yeah, maybe that was it. I thought that we've had a fun stat where it was like forty percent of his passes were. For yeah, touchdowns. it was something um, like that. Yeah. It was like two of his first five or something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah the uh, the next the next uh, set of potential specialists are also rolling in over the summer. To, so keep those in mind. And then the big weekend on the 23rd. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that for months now. All Pretty much all of the committed players are expected to be on campus for that. And then you have uh, some of the biggest fish in the class. Dylan Stewart, Jonathan Payler, Daniel Hill, who we just mentioned, Jordan Thomas. All those guys are expected to be there. Um, also on the, the note of committed players being on campus. As we mentioned, Dante Reno came down this past weekend. Um, also an unofficial visitor uh, that we I couldn't share last week, but now I've been able to put it out there or whatever. Um, Keelan Adams, four-star wide receiver, was on campus. He threw with Reno. Uh, Mazio Bennett threw with Reno. Obviously, uh, Reno was able to talk to Solomon and um, Livingstone as well. Uh, I think you probably feel better about your position with Solomon out of those two. Uh, but I think I had an impressive visit with pretty much everyone there. Um, that's all I got for recruiting right now, but check out the weekly recruiting wrap up tomorrow or Friday, whenever I get around to that um, this week. And then I'll have the full official visitor uh, list for this weekend and any other updates that are relevant for that. I put in a few recent future casts as well. That you can check out on gamecocksgroup.com if you go to the far right and click futurecast um, it shows you everyone that's on staff that's been putting in Future cast over the past couple of months and we're pretty good i think i'm still at like 90 percent accuracy um and i think it's really higher than that oh <laughs> well because uh two of them that counted against me were like flips so i got them originally right but then when they flipped i Forgot to change it or whatever. Um, one of those was Cam Upshaw who flipped and flipped back, but that I still got uh, dinged on it. And then Jaden Robinson who went to Florida. Florida, yeah, anyway. doesn't matter. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the SEC schedule, which we also had the wrong take on. We just are not very good at predicting here lately. Um, we thought that. Inevitably, they would have to go to nine games now that Texas and Oklahoma are rejoining. Um, they still might, but they kind of came out of the SEC meetings being like, uh, I don't know, let's do eight, and um, we'll reassess again in a year, which is kind of a weird thing to me because it's not like you just found out Texas and Oklahoma. Well, yeah, are- and it's also not going to change. They're still going to be in the league in a year. I'm
1: still sick with my guns. They're going to be at nine and 25. Um, I don't know if that's administrators being dumb and not knowing how to piece together a schedule. Like you said, they had a lot of time for it. They, I think the Greg Sankey quote was they didn't want to do it in a transition year, which is dumb because, again, you knew it was going to be a transition this whole time. But I'm still
0: saying it's going to be nine, 2025 and beyond. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> how much do you think this is based around Alabama? Because if you so, think about, if yeah, you think about sure. their, their three potential okay. – Permanent opponents. You got to think Tennessee and Auburn are given probably LSU too. That's what and Saban then was LSU, saying. LSU, right? So that's that's a pretty tough slate. Um, now, right now, you look at it and you are like, will your Alabama deal with it? That's but, kind of my general take hmm. on things. But um, you know, Saban's not going to be there forever, and I, maybe there is some um, fear of kind of locking that in, depending on how things are and that would probably inevitably be the toughest three permanent opponents in i think it would have to be yeah so i don't know maybe there's still more that they have to kind of sort out from that perspective because you do have to balance the kentuckys and vanderbilts and whatever of the world south carolina's um with the alabama and lsu's and georgia's right so so we're at eight now for 2024 But
1: it's eight with a twist because no divisions, which means you are not guaranteed to play Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Um, You will play some of those, probably not all of those. And they will announce what eight you have, South Carolina has and everybody has a week from today. It's next Wednesday night on SEC Network. They're not doing the dates from what I understand. Like they're not making a whole schedule. It's just who plays who and where. But do you have any thoughts on that now that it's eight, but it's also not – the six you've had this whole time—it's kind of just a free for all.
0: I mean, I will say it was pretty fun. But this is one of the few things that was fun—the COVID season Um, when it was kind of like that. It was kind of just like oh, we're because had nine games, in that coming, year, the year was a ten. Did ten, yeah, yeah, because it's not um, fun. Yeah, so I mean, I I like the idea that perhaps you're going to get uh, a non-traditional schedule. Um, I wonder did they did you notice if they said anything about the SEC championship game in 2024? Is it just gonna be the top two? Top two.
1: Yeah, same yeah. as what the Big Twelve does now. So I mean the that'll ACC be that went there too, I think actually.
0: That'll be interesting. Um very difficult to break into that top two for sure. Um yeah, I mean, is there anyone that maybe is not in the east that you really would like to see? not Or I guess not in the East and not Texas A&M that you would really like to see?
1: Texas or OU, just something different. It'd be tough, but just someone you don't really get to play much, get that in the first year. Uh, I still think you end up keeping most of those East schools, but you're going to play Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, I would assume probably Vanderbilt too. Um, Yeah. Right now it's six East, two West, and obviously the divisions won't exist, but I still think you probably
0: end up at like five east, three west, based on what the old schedules were. Something like that. Sounds about right. So they're releasing that next Wednesday night. Um, and then we will pretty much, at that point, I mean, depending on what happens this week. You say that. Obviously. Yeah. Um, at the very least, I'm going to start uh, doing my way too early previews next week on GameCocksgroup.com. So if you are into looking ahead to football season for the next Twelve weeks. Um, that's what we're going to do. Do I have twelve weeks left? I might have to double up some. I don't know. But, I don't even know if we're at. Yeah, I, I think we're closer than that. Um, yeah, so, so maybe two per week. A couple of those weeks, but uh, nonetheless, at least once a week, we're going to start looking at the schedule one by one on Gamecockscoop.com. So, uh, football season's right around the corner, and uh, well, you got next month SEC media days. You'll be heading down to. Well, up to Nashville, right? Uh, yeah. It's not in Florida this year. Over, kind of. Over, yeah. Um, we'll be headed over to Nashville for that, and we'll have some uh, coverage of all those things. We should know who's going on that trip here in the coming weeks and lots of fun stuff. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of recruiting for the rest of the, the month of June for football. All right, let's talk baseball. Um, we didn't think it was like – impossible for south carolina to come out of the regional but i don't think that we expected it to be quite as dominant uh as it was this past weekend um i can't remember exactly what the final uh, count was but was it 41 runs 41 to 11
1: was your aggregate for
0: those three games so the bats came back alive um i don't know if that's just uh having your lineup uh complete again finally um and it's kind of crazy that just like one bat would completely uh, revamp things the way that it did, but it seems like, yeah, you finally got back to midseason health, um, at least from a batting perspective, and uh, those things really, really paid off. I did think you got a little bit uh, lucky in the sense, not lucky. I mean, you were the one seed, so this is the way it works, but um, you didn't really have to face anyone's ace throughout the whole weekend. Um and yeah by the time you faced Campbell they were pretty gassed for sure yeah. but yeah what, what were your takeaways I mean you were there all weekend what were some of your your high notes uh I think it looked the way it was supposed to look
1: and I say that about everything I say that about the lineup you have a, a healthy Will McGillis batting lead off that changes everything I thought the defense looked kind of like what they had in mind before the year started um, you've got a really slick Braswell at second base there. I guess you would have had McGillis in mind there before the year, but Wimmer looked great. Had had that diving catch on Saturday. Cassis made probably the best defensive play of the season on that double play on Saturday against NC state. Lee Croy at third. Um, your offense was hot. Your pitching just came in waves again. Um, Will Sanders is back in the fold. We're going to talk about that in a bit. And I've got some words on that later on the website, but Will Sanders, really good. Hicks, really good. Mahoney, again, your ace. Eli Jones, two crucial innings. Nick Proctor, season-high in innings. Everything just kind of came together right when it had to.
0: Yeah, um, and also coming out of this weekend, uh, you thought for a second, perhaps, ah, yeah. uh, you might host. Uh, Florida fell in their second game, but then came back and won two straight against Texas Tech. So traveling to Gainesville this weekend, but in the Upstate, uh, you did have Clemson fall to Tennessee, um, which I'm sure made uh, South Carolina advancing all the the more sweet. Uh, my my dad used to call that a, a perfect weekend when South Carolina <laughs> loses and Clemson. I mean, when South Carolina wins and Clemson loses. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I watched most of the regional. Um, I was struck by some of the same things that we talked about at the beginning of the season, where it's like, okay, if you're hitting home runs at that clip, you're going to be okay. But I did think it was a little bit more consistent than just the home runs. I thought that there were a lot of quality at, bat, at bats throughout the weekend, uh, which was evidenced by how many walks they earned. Um, now, maybe some of those are are you not facing the best pitcher uh, from each of those squads. But um, Yeah, I thought even you look at a guy like Will Tippett, who maybe didn't have the highest uh, average from the weekend, but he had some pretty nice moments. I know he had a sacrifice bunt or two, a sacrifice Mm -hmm. fly, uh, got on base a couple times with um, some timely walks as well. So I I think even the guys that weren't necessarily smashing the ball of the park were patient at the plate and really uh, racked up some of those pitch counts. um, And also, yeah, contributed in their own way. That's kind
1: of what I thought won the game. That and the defense Saturday against NC State, which to me was the most important game of the weekend. That's yeah. kind of that's what got you the winner's bracket. That's what kind of messed up NC State's pitching to lose to Campbell, which also messed up Campbell's. Um that was your closest game. That was a six-three game on Saturday. Great ball game, great environment. Um, but you drew walks. I mean that you had I think those four straight walks in that big inning that blew the game open. Um I think that was the fifth off the top of my head. But that was Maybe it was the fourth. Kind of what made it happen, right? It's this plate discipline. It's this pass the baton. It's kind of all the stuff Monty Lee's been talking about all year since he got this job as the hitting coach. Um, just the idea that nobody has to do everything by themselves. I mean, you got a homer from Wimmer in the third inning uh, on Saturday. and He didn't hit a homer the rest of the night. And then you had the inning that put put the game away against Campbell on Sunday. It was a third inning. He scored seven times on 12 pitches, only one home run in there um it really was kind of not a lot of feast or famine they were putting the ball in play or moving the line um and they're gonna have to this weekend because that's a tough staff to hit homers against with florida
0: yeah so uh you look back obviously there's some positive matchup things that we can say here because south Ghana swept florida uh earlier in the season but well, I don't know. You know, like I, I would say this is a different South Carolina team than it was then and a different Florida team than it was then. But based on if you're if you're looking at, you know, the most recent play from both of them in their regional, uh, it would seem like South Carolina is trending back closer to maybe who they were um, in that series earlier in the season. But it's really, really tough to be any team five out of six, let yeah. alone the number two team in the country. Um what are some things that you're sort of looking for as we head into this weekend? You did mention Will Sanders. Do we expect him to maybe start a game? Uh Obviously came out of the, uh the bullpen a bit this past weekend, but um I think, and he looked great by the way. I mean, he, he, he looked maybe not, better than he has all season. It's <laughs> like, not. Yeah. I was going to say that's where this gets
1: interesting to me is. So four innings for Sanders this weekend, He threw one against central Connecticut state Friday, and you threw three against Campbell Sunday, four innings, no runs, eight strikeouts, I think only one walk. That's Will Sanders. That's, that's what you thought you had in February. It's the guy that people were talking about as a first round draft pick before the season started. Um, the question is do you keep that momentum going out of the bullpen, having that weapon available? His stuff can play up a little bit more when he knows he's only having to face a hitter once. Or do you maybe look at a game three start? Because I think you're still going Hicks and Mahoney games one and two. Kingston didn't say that. But he kind of hinted at it again today um, in the availability. Is Will um, Sanders your starter Sunday if it's from, a winner take all?
0: From a strategic standpoint, I think that makes a lot of sense because that also gives you the flexibility of if you need um, something to close out Saturday. You That's kind of what I'm both thinking too. That, um, but then if you, it seems like it's trending Saturday like – you are gonna need someone Sunday that you have a season starter. Um and yeah, I do think it's entirely possible that some of those struggles that we were talking about throughout the season maybe did have to do with this like lingering injury. And if he's I got a really- thing on that for the website
1: later. We talked to Will about that a good bit today. Some knee stuff, some some ankle stuff, some it's in the it's gonna
0: be in the story, but it definitely seems like that might have been the case. And if that is the case and if he's Feeling healthier than he has all season, um, then I think. I mean, there's no, there's no saving him at this point, right? No, it's, it's use him, use him if he's feeling good. So, um, but that is the other, the other thing that
1: you say, no saving him. There is the scenario where you, if you're saving him to start Game Three, you could lose those first two. He doesn't pitch at all, which to me can't happen. Like you got a, he has to pitch at some point in a big spot this weekend, and if that's late friday trying to save it fine if that's sunday starting you got to take that risk but you can't get out of
0: this out of this weekend without him pitching at some point is what i would say i think that that is fair as far as um other injury concerns or or anything like that how are we looking i know you guys had a press conference today uh
1: Pretty much good. Wimmer says he's, you know, still about 100%, but I, I believe what he said was they'd have to cut off his leg for him not to play this weekend. So you're going to see Braylon Wimmer. Um, Will McGillis is still going to DH. Kingston said he thinks, because if you'll remember, he came back for one game in May and hurt himself again. He played left field that day, and Kingston said he thinks throwing the balls would re that forearm injury. So he's not going to play defense this weekend. You're still going to have DH Will McGillis. And other than that, everything seems about where it was last weekend which is maybe the best sign of all.
0: And then as far as Florida goes, anything that we should know that might be different um, from the series before? Obviously, Caglione is still there, still healthy, still crushing the ball. Uh, Any any other, like, maybe people that have come on late or anything that we didn't talk about back then? I think it's about the same roster. They've stayed
1: pretty healthy this year. I think this whole thing is going to come down to – You've got those three starters for Florida, Caglione, obviously a two-way player, Sprout, um, Waltrip. All three of them were not good that weekend in Columbia. Uh, South Carolina had a really good game plan, a really good approach. You gave a ton of credit to Kingston and Monty Lee for that. What is the next chess move? Because all three of those starters are going to be first-round picks in the next two years. They're all, I mean, Petri said today, we had him, that's the best staff in the country what's different this time for those Florida pitchers and can South Carolina kind of counter the counter, I think is what ends up deciding this series.
0: Yeah. And obviously another big difference is that you are, you swept them at founders. Uh, you have to go down to uh, Gainesville this weekend. I, I mentioned I was watching, you know, all the games on TV this past weekend and um once you got into that elimination scenario for Florida, that stadium was loud throughout both of those Texas Tech games. Um, I think the crowd's definitely going to play some uh, factor here.
1: For sure. And I guess I should mention that too about Founders. I mean, that was a pretty ridiculous environment, all three of those games too. It's pretty impressive. Um, and I think if, you're, if we're talking about a super at Texas, against Texas Tech right now, we're having a very different conversation at Founders. But... That is, we have talked this. They have to win on the road, and they didn't. They lost obviously two out of three at Arkansas. They got swept at Kentucky. They lost two out of three at Vanderbilt. This team has not been great on the road, um, at least not over these last two months. But that's the other thing that you're going to have to hope just comes together right now.
0: Yeah. 10 and 10 uh, on the road throughout the season, but haven't won a road series since March. And that was against Mississippi State. so yeah, uh since then 5 and 9 away from home. <laughs> um but also you were not healthy through like pretty much any that's, of that stretch. That's the wild card. So, I think it's worth
1: mentioning too McGillis didn't play in that Florida series. You're getting him back. That's another big bat Florida's pitchers haven't seen yet. How does that play into it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be crucial that you get solid starts uh from all three of those starters that we've been mentioning. Um because, I mean, and this is obvious, right? But if you get too deep into your bullpen too early in this one, uh, I don't think that you have the depth to m- make that work for very long. Uh, and maybe Florida's a little bit more well-equipped in, in that scenario.
1: Yeah, I was imp- surprised slash impressed the way Florida came through the loser's bracket. Because um, the whole thing is they didn't have a lot of depth after those top three starters. who you're going to see all three of them this weekend. Um They got a big start out of, uh, I think it's Ryan Slater. They got a big start out of uh, Cade. Cade Fisher. Fisher Slater, those two games against Texas Tech. Um, Big starts out of both of them. They still have – you didn't see Brandon Neely in April. I forgot to mention that. He was suspended for that – I don't even know what you'd call it – celebrating wrong at an umpire. Like some ridiculous nonsense the weekend before they played South Carolina that an ump got misfeelings about. So you didn't see Florida's closer in that series in April, and that's going to be a problem. Um that's another wild card.
0: Yeah. And not to rehash something that doesn't ultimately matter, but it did feel like um this past weekend <laughs> the South Carolina players there were a couple of times that I was kind of worried. Um and the Ump was gonna get their feelings hurt. I was surprised, I was honestly I don't care. Celebrate however you want. The Talmadge lecroy bases
1: loaded walk bat flip on Saturday. I have a video of it on my Twitter if you haven't seen it. Uh, Anybody out there was, again, I don't care. There were players around the country who got ejected for less than that in other regionals. You saw the Cam Pianarella thing at Clemson was the big story. I know, uh, I think it was an Indiana player got ejected for like using a home run prop out of the dugout. He had to miss the regional final in that, in the Lexington regional. Like there were players who did less than Lee Croy who got tossed.
0: Yeah, and Honestly, understand where his frustration was coming from there. Particularly looked like um, a lot of the slightly off-the-plate pitches that looked like balls, at least on TV, um, were getting called strikes. But it was somewhat consistent throughout the weekend, too. Um, So at some point, you just got to adjust and be like, all right, I guess this is what a strike is now. Um, But yeah, I do understand how that was a little bit visceral in that moment that you you walked was it walk or run home or walk it was a base loaded, loaded walk yeah yeah um after you know i guess seemingly some of those going the other way uh throughout the weekend but yeah uh glad that you have a full roster uh and so that's how high you got that bat in the air i've never seen a backflip go that high yeah especially a, a walk on uh, a walk you didn't even swing it <laughs> um any other things that we should look for as we head into this weekend I know you're heading down there tomorrow i um, gonna get to watch a little bit of practice tomorrow anything coming out of the presser today that uh we haven't covered I think that's about what I've got I've got like I said they got some Will Sanders
1: stuff we got some stuff kind of talking to some of the hitters about the approach going into this weekend should be one of those on the website tonight one tomorrow subscribe to Gamecock Scoop if you haven't already um, that's kind of where I am. I think at this point, you're more just wondering what the pitching looks like. I do think Eli Jones, deserves a shout out too. we didn't get to him yet. He threw two innings in relief against NC state Saturday two shut out. That's when the game was still close. It was six to three when he came in. Um, that was really big. And I definitely think Eli Jones needs to play a big role. It's going to be in relief. I don't think he's getting a start, but, or maybe he does. Maybe if you end up having to use Will Sanders or an extended relief outing in game one or two, and you get to game three. Eli Jones is your guy for Sunday.
0: Yeah, that NC State game definitely felt like probably the most complete game this team has played maybe since the Florida series. Yeah, I think it is. Um it just like really firing on all cind- cylinders against a team that was giving you their best shot as well. So um going to need more of that for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they can get this done. I really do think they can. It's not going to be easy. I wouldn't expect like a sweep. I think if they win, it's going to be in three games. And I'm not even going as far as saying they're going to win, but this team can do this. I really think they can. I
0: think I saw you pick. South I think Carolina. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's. Why. Why not just be optimistic about it? Let's pick South Carolina. Um, two out of three. Yeah. I think it goes to Sunday. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, the only other thing we didn't really talk about. Is the idea that Kingston isn't back next season, is that over? Yes. This was a nephew thing.
1: I do. You get to a super. At this point, even if you lost the super, it's on the road to the number two team in the country. I'm not really sure what could happen from here. You got it back. And I will say, too, for Mark's credit, he spent that entire last month of the season saying, we're fine. It's injuries. We're going to get it back. This is still a really good team. He I thought he used a quote after I think it was NC State, say we lost some battles to try to win this war. Like he had some guys that maybe could have pushed it down the stretch and he didn't want to play because he was targeting this weekend. Mark was right. The way he played played it, the way he managed the injuries, um, this is what he had in mind and it worked.
0: Yeah, I I mean, can't say that you're wrong. I do think that there are some South Carolina baseball fans that have probably been around for a while that almost views super regionals as. The expectation every single year. Um, so the fact that this is the first one um, of his tenure. Uh, Second, he went, he went his first year, correct? Yeah, my bad. Um, first one in a minute. Uh, definitely, probably. I don't know. There's there to me, there's still a little bit of like, what is this program? long-term is this the new normal uh you know super regional every other year every third year you know whatever it's really hard to get there
1: I think is what a lot of people miss with that and I get it You like trust me I walk I walk past those two trophies every time I go into the building for a presser like I get it um but look around the country Vanderbilt that's a program with trophies plural they're not going Arkansas they've been to Omaha what 11 times they're not going this year they're, they're playing they're sitting on their couch this weekend Florida's won a national title more recently than you. They were this close to sitting on their couch this weekend. It's, Clemson. I do think it's Cle, Clemson yeah. hasn't been since 2010. 2010. Yep. Yeah. When they got to Omaha and lost to South Carolina there. But yeah, it's really, really hard to get there. I would argue it's never been harder to get there. And I don't really think, if your idea is that the minimum expectations are super okay. But that means if he doesn't hit that next year or the year after, you can make a move then if you're in that camp. You know what I mean? Like, you don't make it now.
0: Yeah. Um, I I tend to agree with you. I uh, And I, I do think that there's something, something to be said that back when maybe the Super was, a, was the expectation under Ray Tanner or whatever, the SEC was not quite as good no. as it is now. Tennessee um, is not what it is now. Vanderbilt's not what it is now. Like, you can go on and on, but yeah. Yeah. So I do think that there's something to be said for the level of difficulty going up. And, you know, if you can make the tournament pretty much every year and then make a super every other year, then I think you're talking. Now, he hasn't proven that at this point, but they were very close to making the making the tournament last year. Um, If you don't have some of those injuries, you probably do. So to me, if if you want to give like a football example, right, this is like the coach that went six and six. He was on the hot seat, and then the next year he won 9 or 10 games. You're probably not going to get rid of him the year he wins 9 or 10 games. I mean, they're one of the top 16 teams in the country yeah, officially now. So They're still
1: playing right now. There are two wins from going to Omaha, which you haven't been to since Ray Tanner. Um, to me, winning a regional, I mean, that – I don't know what else you really – I get it. You're South Carolina. You want to go to Omaha. You want to win games in Omaha. Uh, but right now, for kind of what this team looked like for the last month, for what it looked like definitely last year but you know even you hosted in 2021 you didn't get out of that regional like it's hard to do even when you're playing at home
0: and there's something to be said for the work that he did in the portal this year right yes Um, this team the bones of this team are not terribly different from last year but made some very um pointed uh moves i think in the portal that have paid off so Regional MVP, Gavin Cassis and your leadoff hitter, Will McGillis, just to name two, both out of the portal. And recruiting, right? Ethan Petri, mm-hmm. who just got named to the first-team freshman All-American team yep. today. Um, so that's another win there, really. And that's, that's a guy. You're the portal guy, too. It's your closer. That's the the Petri thing. We, we were texting about this a couple of weeks ago. But if nothing else, that's another reason to keep Kingston around, right? If, yeah. if you feel like you're going to get Petri for two more years. I'm going to be interested
1: to see, you know, now that Georgia's Clip Scott Strickland hired a new coach, if they can keep Charlie Condon, who had a very similar, also freshman All-American season at Georgia, and
0: now there's a new coach. and Undoubtedly, he's getting calls from the portal right now. Yeah, and then Mizzou also filled their job, right? Yep.
1: Uh, Alabama still hasn't, but I would have to assume they're keeping the interim who took over a team after a scandal and got them to a super.
0: I don't know how you don't give that guy the job. Yeah, it would be tough uh i think he's yeah earned that at this point so all right well we will have full coverage all weekend of the super regional in gainesville alan's heading down there tomorrow um so make sure you subscribe to gamecocksgroup.com we've had tons of really good info on that and then i'll have some recruiting stuff up and we'll continue to talk football as we head towards the preseason until next time this has been the gamecocksgroup.com podcast Don't forget to like and subscribe and all those things and we'll see you next time.